Hello, and welcome to Wrong Commentary. I'm Kendall. I'm a rom-com superfan with a degree in film. I love movies, but I really love rom-coms. And I'm Haley. I'm also a rom-com superfan. I studied acting and writing in college, where I wrote rom-coms and forced us to talk about the modern rom-com in Shakespeare class. We're cousins, but we have pretty different experiences with this genre. I grew up watching rom-coms nonstop. I found them at an early age and started watching any and all of them that I could get my hands on. Meanwhile, I grew up with a lot of rules around media that my mom can't even explain. For example, I wasn't allowed to watch cartoons where characters had braces. That being said, I've always loved love stories. When I grew up a little more and began to have access to PG-13 movies, I began to love rom-coms. Many of my first watches of the iconic ones were with Kendall after a moment of shock that I hadn't seen them. I studied film and got my bachelor's degree in it, but never in my education did we apply film theory and analysis to rom-coms. So that's what we're doing here. We love this genre, and we want to talk about these movies through a critical lens. Normally when we talk about rom-coms, it's from the perspective of, these are fun, but they aren't to be taken seriously. We're going to take them seriously. We're also going to be critical of them. We've got some questions to help us break down these movies from identifying the tropes, seeing how well these movies hold up, and giving them an overall grade. We're going to have fun and talk about some movies that we love in a way that we haven't always talked about them. So, without further ado, let's get started with this week's rom-com. This week, we're going to be talking about Trainwreck. So, Kendall, do you have some background info for us? Oh, I sure do. (laughs) Trainwreck, released in 2015, more specifically July 17th, 2015. This is a summer movie. It has a runtime of two hours and five minutes. It's rated R. It was written by Amy Schumer, directed by Judd Apatow. This movie got some awards nominations. This got two Golden Globe nominations. Schumer was nominated for performance by an actress in a comedy or musical. It was nominated just as a film for Best Comedy or Musical. This had a budget of $35 million. It grossed in the U.S. and Canada a combined um, $110,200,000. Worldwide gross of $140.8 million approximately. The top grossing movies of the year. This part always makes me sad. <laughs> number one, Jurassic World. Number two, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Three, Avengers Age of Ultron. Four, Inside Out. Five, Furious 7. To get some female-led or female-starring, female-driven stories, we got to go down to number 10, where we have Cinderella. 13, Pitch Perfect 2. 17, Fifty Shades of Grey, and then down at 27, we have our movie for today, Trainwreck. So I'm going to read you the IMDb synopsis. Having thought that monogamy was never possible, a commitment-phobic career woman may have to face her fears when she meets a good guy. This movie stars Amy Schumer and Bill Hader. Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 84%, so did pretty well with critics. 66% audience rating. I think I know why that happened. We'll get into it in a minute. (laughs) For comparison, My Big Fat Greek Wedding has a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and a 73% from the audience. So this is higher rated with critics than My Big Fat Greek Wedding. That is super interesting. It's interesting, and I think it just has to do with timelines of when movies were released, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's probably what we can boil that down to. Um... I think that overall, My Big Fat Greek Wedding is probably considered a better movie. Yeah. Right? But I think that this movie deserves 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. We're going to get into huh. that as we talk about it. 
I have strong feelings about this movie, and it's going to be fun to talk about today, yeah. I think. And yeah. also complicated. <laughs> so, some other background. The story is semi-autobiographical. Amy Schumer really does have a sister named Kim, who was married before Amy was. She has a dad that has MS and is a little bit complicated. Her parents mm-hmm. have a weird relationship that was hard for Amy. Um, this is the first movie directed by Judd Apatow that he didn't write. Um, he encourages improv, so there's, like, lines that are totally, like, written by Judd Apatow because mm-hmm. of his style. I don't know if you've seen the behind-the-scenes clips of him directing, but he'll, like, shout out lines during takes, and then they'll add okay. different lines in. It's a cool way of doing it. I don't know how common that style is. I know that Apatow yeah. does it. Though. I feel like I hear more about it in sitcom than in movies. Hmm. Okay. Well, I know that Apatow does it. Yeah. I've seen a couple clips here, and I know that... Chris Rock was actually on set during some of LeBron James stuff, and Chris Rock okay. had some lines for LeBron James, which is cool. Um, Judd Apatow contacted Amy Schumer about making this movie. He heard her on Howard Stern, and he was blown away by how funny and intimate she was while discussing her father's illness. One of her biggest strengths is making light of hard stuff without actually like making light of it. Mm-hmm. She has material in her stand-up about her husband being on the autism spectrum. She talks about her father having MS and about all sorts of really tough, complicated stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think she does a really good job of making it funny and making it fun to fun to see her work with on screen and a little bit yeah. more easier to digest those topics. The original script took Schumer a month and a half to write, and then she and Judd Apatow, they spent two years discussing this project. So wow. this wasn't quick. I mean... I don't know, by Hollywood standards, that could be standard, like, it's weird. So, but that's kind of the timeline here. Pretty much the entire cast is made up of comedy people, so for Mm -hmm. me, this movie is fun because it combines my love of comedy and my love of rom-coms, and, like, it does it in a really cool way. I love when comedy people make movies and they put all their friends in it. Yeah. So, like, everywhere you look, you're seeing someone that is a comedian, and it allows, I think, for more comedy moments. Mm-hmm. randomly throughout the movie um and lends itself to that Judd Apatow style of adding lines constantly because you have a lot of people who can do it yes mm-hmm. everyone's capable of it so the current rom-com landscape at the time that this comes out things are looking weird yeah things are looking kind of weird so I'm gonna read you a list of the rom-coms from the year mm-hmm. you're gonna notice something though okay love Rosie the Duff focus the longest ride the age of Adeline Aloha results it's already tomorrow in Hong Kong. Naomi and Eli's no kiss list. Jenny's wedding. Sleeping with other people. Mr. Right. Burnt. Man up. Pitch Perfect two. There's. Um, <laughs> would you call the longest ride a rom com? No. What about the Age of Adeline? No. No, me neither. That's what I was about to say. Is that yes. there's so many on those lists that when I think of rom coms, I don't. Yeah. Consider those rom coms. They're not. Those rom-coms. are romance movies. Exactly. So there's no calm in the longest ride. <laughs> correct. I think there's calm in one moment, and it's when she like runs into the pond, and oh. it's just a bad calm moment, and it's not supposed to be a calm. Moment. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, I put together this list. If I did just ones that are true to form rom coms, mm-hmm. we would barely have a list, right? Like yeah. even the Duff, which is probably of this list, the Duff is the one that's most rom-com mm-hmm. i definitely consider it a rom-com i consider it a rom-com but it's a niche rom-com it is a teen rom-com mm-hmm. which is totally different totally i like them but it's a different kind of thing and we'll totally talk about mm-hmm. them also though of this list only six of these 
were movies that were, like, big movies that were in Mm -hmm. theaters, like, that you could see in a theater if you wanted to. Yeah. That's kind of insane. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that it's important to point out that, I don't know that this is necessarily true, but I feel like it is, and I've, I think it's a thing. We tend to just put any romance movie into rom-com, mm-hmm. and I think it's because we're scared of, like, as, like, a, as a society, as a culture, <laughs> as a universe, I don't know, Yeah, that people don't really want to give, like, women or give romance to genres, like, two separate things. That's like, oh, no, 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 like, we don't, it's not good, it's not Which, real, like, it's not real movies. Action is different than superheroes, so yeah. Yeah. it's kind of like all, it's like the rectangle and square thing, right? It's like, just... all rom-coms are romance movies, not all romance movies are rom-coms. Correct. It's just odd. So that's kind of like the romance slash, like, movies for women scene at the moment. Um, I feel like Trainwreck is the first major rom-com of the new age of rom-coms, like, the new era Mm -hmm. of rom-coms. This movie signified a potential shift in genre. It's, I think, it's a more honest and uh, a more real female perspective. It has fuller characters and more... Mm -hmm. It's weird to say it, but I think it's a more realistic story. Um, There's moments that feel outrageous and insane, but it's a pretty subtle and real story when you look at it kind of from, like, mm-hmm. a different angle. Um, the issues that the characters have to face and navigate, they feel more real. Mm-hmm. The problems that they're dealing with feel more like actual problems people would encounter. It's not like, this is a real problem, so watch Trainwreck and they'll tell you how to deal with it. Yeah. But they're dealing with problems that I'm like, yeah, I could see this happening. Um, it's possible that you could say that Silver Linings Playbook... Oh. Is the first major rom-com of the new age of Mm rom-coms. But that movie is less easily identifiable as a Mm rom-com. And it's... It is a rom-com, actually. um, Yeah. But it's not. It's not a true-to-form rom-com in the ways that you expect. Whereas this really is. Like, there's no denying what genre this movie is. It's Mm -hmm. undeniable. This is a rom-com. This follows the conventions of a rom-com to a degree. But it breathes new life into the genre Uh and its use of them. It's really interesting. Um, At this time, things were looking up for (laughs) rom-coms because of this movie. I was like, great, this is a big-budget movie. It was very successful. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, cool. Like, yeah, we had Avengers Age of Ultron this year. I'm pretty sure. I think a while back, I should have gone and, like, done this again, but I did the math on Trainwreck and Ant-Man because they came out around the same time. Okay. And I was like, okay, like... If you guys are going to keep making these superhero movies, that's Mm -hmm. great. I'm so happy you guys are having fun. That's great. I'm happy for you. But could I get more of this? I would like some more of this thing, please, like, for me. Yeah. And um, so I looked at the numbers. I'm like, is, can I make the argument, like, the financial argument? Mm -hmm. Because that tends to work for Hollywood and for men to be like, well, see, that made you this much money. This made you this much money. So, Mm -hmm. like, this is actually not that different. Yeah. And the... Budget to gross for Ant-Man and the budget to gross for Trainwreck mm-hmm. actually weren't that far off in terms of, like, that ratio, you know? Yeah. So, this movie did well, and yet, <laughs> ultimately, it didn't really lead to a lot more big rom-coms in theaters. This is kind of one of the anomalies. The other mm-hmm. anomalies that I think about are The Big Sick, Silver mm-hmm. Linings Playbook, which was before this, but also, like I just said, not a true-to-form rom-com, and then Crazy Rich Asians, which... I don't think of Crazy Rich Asians 
as a rom-com necessarily. I kind of think of it as like a spectacle film in a way, which is weird to say maybe, but it's a big, beautiful, it's a fantastic movie and Mm -hmm. it is a rom-com, but for me it feels like it's something else because Mm -hmm. it's so visually incredible. Yeah. It feels like it's its own thing. It's like bigger than a rom-com in a way. It also, to me, feels of a different era than Trainwreck. Mm Mm-hmm. I know they're only, like, five years apart, but yeah. they feel so yeah, separate. There's only four years between yeah. those movies, I think. No, there's only three years between. Huh. Yeah. Other contributing movies to the New Age, these are often, like, smaller movies, but for me, this is kind of where I put Trainwreck in my mm-hmm. categories of films. We've got Silver Linings Playbook, About Time, That Awkward Moment, Laggies, mm-hmm. What If... Sleeping with Other People, Mr. Right, Band-Aid, The Big Sick, Crazy Rich Asians, I Feel Pretty, Set It Up, Juliet Naked, Long Shot, Always Be My Maybe, Plus One, Can You Keep a Secret, Holiday, The Hating Game, The Lost City. That's, like, for me, that's what I think of as, like, the new age. Some of these mm-hmm. I don't, like, Juliet Naked, I'm like, most people don't know that movie. Yeah. It's great. We'll talk about it coming up, because it's really okay. an underrated movie that mm-hmm. I want more people to see, because it's good. Um, Another one on that list that I feel is very underrated, but great movie is Leggies. Yes, that's one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorite movies, and I, like, forget to point it out, because for me, that's a big movie. That's, yeah. like, a huge movie for me, because I've yeah. watched it so many times, and I adore it. Okay, last little bit of background, I think, for me, is I just want to get this out of the way. Amy Schumer is controversial. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just don't like Amy Schumer. Mm-hmm. I I know why, because I've done the research, but mm-hmm. personally, I don't get it. Yeah. I really love, I love Amy Schumer. I love her so much. <laughs> I think she's fantastic. I think she's funny. I think she does awesome work behind the scenes mm-hmm. for the world, <laughs> um, for women. She's just, she's doing good stuff. So why people don't like her, though, there's a couple things that you'll find. The one that's easy to point to is that she's vulgar or raunchy or inappropriate, mm-hmm which I just call BS on because men are allowed to say the things she says and get away with it, but she can't. Yeah, and I think it's fine to be like, that's not my style of Mm -hmm. comedy, because it's like not necessarily my style of comedy, and Mm -hmm. it's why I don't necessarily watch a lot of Mm -hmm. her specials, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't make me dislike Amy Schumer. Yeah. That just makes me feel like, oh, I'm not her exact target audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, like, I don't know. I think it's... Yeah. There's some criticism of her previously having done some racist jokes, which, mm. valid criticism, mm-hmm. I believe she's apologized, and people have generally seem to have moved on from that. The main thing that comes up with, like, criticizing her in mm-hmm. terms of her comedy is joke-stealing. I've seen this. Okay. Yeah. So, I can make an argument that the joke-stealing criticism is kind of trash. Parallel thinking is... Very common in comedy, where people come up with the same bits kind of at the same time. It just kind of happens. It happens all the time. The jokes that she's criticized for stealing are about very general topics. They're very Mm. common ideas, common jokes. I kind of just like, guys, it happens. One of them that was a problem was like a John Mulaney bit. Yeah, that's the one I've seen. Yeah. She and John Mulaney are like buddies. Like, they know each other. He's tweeted in support of her stuff before. Like, Mm -hmm. it's all good, because comedians that are like... They all kind of know each other, Mm -hmm. and if she was joke-stealing, she wouldn't be around anymore. She performs Mm -hmm. at the Comedy Cellar in NYC all the time. Yeah. Yeah. She's legit. She's got big-name comics in this movie, and as her friends, Mm -hmm. she's very well... She's got these, like, really well-respected comics that have been around forever. She wouldn't be allowed to stick around. They wouldn't let her hang out if Mm -hmm. she was joke-stealing. Like, 
No. One of the people that's accused her of joke-stealing has even said since then, like, uh, no, it was parallel thinking, and I was wrong to criticize it. So, yeah. that's my argument on that. Yeah. Um, and now I think we just gotta get into this movie, because it's gonna be interesting. There's a lot to talk about. It's gonna be really interesting. <laughs> okay. Should we get started with our questions? Yeah, let's go. Okay. How did you experience this movie? Okay. So, I really thought I'd seen this movie before. Oh. But there was, like, a lot of, while I was watching this, I was like, I don't remember any of this. I remember Hmm. all of the LeBron James scenes. Okay. So I know that I've seen it, but I can't tell you when I saw this movie for the first time, which is weird. That is weird. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The bad thing that happened. Okay. We've talked in, we talked in our little intro on our first episode, and it came up last episode, that I do not necessarily come from a family that watches rom-coms yes. and a family that was very like, we don't want to rated R movies. Yes. Yeah. You were sheltered than I was. Very much so. Okay. So I'm heading upstairs last night to go watch this movie by myself. And my sister says, where are you going? I said, I'm going to watch a movie. She said, well, we're going to watch a movie down here. Oh no. Oh no. We should all watch whatever movie you're watching. No. And I said, I really don't think you want to. And then my mom was like, no, let's do it. Okay. So me, my mom, my sister, and my sister's boyfriend watched Trainwreck together last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited to get into all of this now. This is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, wow. And how did that go? Um, better than you would think. How is your sister doing today? I don't know. I haven't seen her today. Okay. Um, but yeah. Isn't that hilarious? Goodness gracious. I, obviously we're cousins. I know your family very well. Mm-hmm. Like, I've known everyone in your family my whole life. They're their whole life, because, you know. Yeah. Um, so this is fascinating information to me. Mm-hmm. But also, like, your family's cool. Like, they're chill. They're super chill. Yeah, they're not, like... They're not, like... No, they're super chill. They're not gonna chill. be, like, mad at you that you did this, or, like... No. It's fine. But I just have never watched a movie with a sex scene with my sister. Yes. <laughs> and this movie has that. Mm-hmm. At least twice. Yeah. But it starts with, like, a sex montage in a way. Yeah. There's a lot to take in that it's... And the thing is, it's just, like... It's not a movie, we'll get into the question of, like, would you mm-hmm. recommend it? It's not a movie I would ever recommend to people that don't like mm-hmm. this style of comedy. Like, it's yeah. a very specific thing. However, I watched it last night, mm-hmm. and my mom was watching it with me for a little bit, and then she left. She was like, I forgot that I don't really like this movie. <laughs> and it's because she also, she, I'm like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of raunchy, and that's not really, like, your favorite. She's like, no, it's not, like, I'm fine with that, but it's just not, like... And I'm like, yeah. no, you don't like this raunchy yeah. comedy, and that's fine. Yeah. As long as you're not like, you're a bad person because you like this kind of comedy, we're good. No. Everyone has their taste, and exactly. that's cool. And that's why I want more rom-coms, so that we mm-hmm. have, like, a spectrum and a range of different kinds for everybody to enjoy. Mm-hmm. So, how I experienced this movie, I saw it in the theater. Yeah. I was 18 when this came out, and I remember being really excited to go see it in the theater. Yeah. Amy Schumer had her show, Inside Amy Schumer, on Mm -hmm. Comedy Central. I didn't watch it. I didn't, like, care about it. I've seen clips of it and stuff, but I wasn't, like, a big Amy Schumer fan at the time. Yeah. But this movie looked so good to me, and I was Mm -hmm. excited to see a rom-com in the theater. Yeah. It was one of the first rated R movies that I saw in a theater, 
but what I remember thinking and like why this was so exciting for me to see in the theater was one of my favorite rom-coms that we'll talk about soon hopefully Mm -hmm. is Friends with Benefits. Yes. That's a rated R film. Uh Uh-huh. Came out when I was too young to see it in the theater, but I really wanted to. Like, I remember mm-hmm. seeing, like, paparazzi shots of them filming that movie <laughs> and being really excited to see that movie, but I couldn't see it in the theater. So when this came out, I was had this feeling of, like, redemption for having uh-huh. missed that theater experience. And I also felt a sense of, like, I'm so glad I'm old enough to see this movie mm-hmm. in the theater this time. Like, this is awesome. And I loved it. I had seen the trailer a thousand times everywhere. It's weird. The trailer has, like, tons of stuff that's not in the movie. Huh. It's those alternate lines that get, like, thrown in and stuff. Um, I watched the trailer a lot. I saw it everywhere. And then I saw the movie. I loved it. And then I waited for it to come out so that I could watch it at home. Mm -hmm. Normally when I saw movies, I was like, I loved it. Or I liked it. And then, okay, well, when it comes out on DVD, I'll watch it again immediately. That's Mm -hmm. just what I did. Yeah. Okay, Haley, I think this is where we're going to start to di- to divide here. Uh-huh. Did you like it? Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? You go first. Yeah. I like this movie a lot. <laughs> I love this movie. This is one of my favorite movies. This is a comfort movie for me. Okay. I watch this movie, like, once a year. I think that part of it is her delivery and her rhythm is mm-hmm. similar to my sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I don't have, like, a really, like, dirty, raunchy sense of humor. Yeah. You know me. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, like, that's not my sense of humor, mm-hmm. but her style, her delivery, her mm-hmm. rhythm, that's my sense of humor, and that's kind of how I joke around with people in my life. Yeah. I think that, I mean, you've seen me and Delaney, my sister, interact mm-hmm. a lot, and the way that we mess with each other and joke with each other, I feel like our back and forth is similar to how she interacts with people in the movie. I would agree. Okay. Yeah. I was like, am I crazy? No, or is that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of, like, the 90s to 2010s rom-coms, mm-hmm. but a more modern take. Yeah. And I love the 90s to, like, 2010 rom-com mm-hmm. era. That's, like... The golden age of rom-coms. Like, we talked mm-hmm. I called it, like, the renaissance yeah. of rom-coms. Yeah. Not including... I think, like, the renaissance of rom-coms for me was, like, that 2007 to 2013. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the, the golden age of it, though, yeah. was, like, the 90s to, like, maybe 2010. Yeah. Um, but this is, like, a better story. It's like mm-hmm. that, but an elevated version. This movie has a giant budget. Like, it's in New York City, and it looks like New York City uh-huh. because it's actually New York City. Which- we're not so going nice. Boston or Vancouver <laughs> to be New York. Like, yeah. we're actually doing it properly here. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love this movie, and it's going to be interesting to talk to keep talking about it because yeah. it's hard for me to put my finger on exactly why. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to really make like a really compelling argument <laughs> for why this is a good movie, why yeah. this is a good rom com. And I'm gonna like, I'm gonna do my best, but it's gonna be hard for me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that this is an objectively good movie. Okay. However, there are things in it that it's, that are just not my taste Mm -hmm. or like just things Mm -hmm. that randomly bother me that I have no defense for why they bother Mm me. I didn't like it, but I also didn't not like it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. With When in Rome last week, I definitely Mm -hmm. was like, I have issues. Yeah. With this one, I'm like... I don't know if this is for me, but it's good, and I can tell that it's good. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. I feel like, for me, like, even when in Rome, I was like, I like this movie. I will watch this movie again. Mm -hmm. We talked about it. We're like, I need a break. Like, I need, like, maybe seven years before I can watch it again. (laughs) Yeah. But inevitably, I will watch it again. Yeah. 
for me, most rom-coms are like, yeah, I liked it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard to find one where I say, I don't like this movie. Oh, I know Mm -hmm. of one, actually, and I won't say it because it's kind of an obscure one, but a beloved one by a select group of people. (laughs) Um, This one's tricky. The most iconic moment or most quotable line, what's the like... Well, there's the reference point. There's one that you and I say constantly. Constantly. And I don't think it's in the final movie. It is. It is. It is. Okay, wait, what is it? Um, I'm gonna need like 11 details. Yeah. Just give me a couple details. No. It's just like 11. 11 details? Constantly. All the time. All the time. Whenever I need information, I'm like, just give me like 11, 11 details. details. Is or, it in the final version? Yeah, okay. it is. It's when they're... Um, I know it's when they're playing basketball. Playing basketball. And because we say it so much, yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, it's, I'm going to hear it, and it's going to yeah. be like a big moment. No, it's, and it's one of the throwaway It's moments. a throwaway line. Yeah. and But it's the most quotable, at mm-hmm. least for us. For us, it is. I don't know when I... I started saying it after I saw the movie, and then I just started saying it all the time that I forgot where it came from. Um, mm-hmm. and then I had to, like, do some digging to find out, like, what am I referencing when I'm saying that? Am I referencing yeah. something that's not good to be referencing, you know? <laughs> um, um, but, no, it's that line, it's LeBron James says it to Aaron mm-hmm. when asking him about, I think about his sex life with yeah, Amy. Yeah, He's like, give me, like, 11 details. details. Um, Which is so funny. It's really funny. And he's like, that's so many details. I don't, <laughs> that was the point, that was, like, the line that just stuck for me. Mm-hmm. I think the other two... The one that I would assume might be the one that most people remember would be monogamy, monogamy isn't, isn't realistic. Monogamy isn't realistic. Again. Monogamy isn't realistic. It's so odd to hear little girls saying that and they don't know what it means. The other one that I do is, uh, what's your favorite sports team? The Orlando Blooms. <laughs> I think that one's great. That's I think hilarious. That's just a good joke. That's a good joke. I do, however, this uh-huh. was like the first. I have a little plot hole. Okay. With that moment. Okay. It doesn't make sense to me that she wouldn't be able to name a sports team when her dad is oh. as big of a Mets fan as yeah. he is. Yeah. And it was like worth it because the Orlando Blooms yes. is such a funny joke. Yes. Uh. And then having her stumble is, like, such a great moment mm-hmm. and sets up the rom-com of it all so yeah. well. But in the back of my mind, I was like, she'd be able to name the Mets. She'd be able to name the Rangers. Because yeah. there's a New York Rangers jersey hung up yeah. earlier in the movie. Yeah. And I'm like... But I buy it because it's that kind of thing where, like, when you're on the spot, your mind goes blank. Yeah. Like, whenever someone asks me, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, oh, ah, uh, uh, mm-hmm. I... The one with the the man, like, yeah. he meets a lady. <laughs> that's, I guess that's a good point. You that's know, a good point. I can't, I can't answer questions yeah. sometimes. The other quote along the, those lines that I didn't write the full thing down, so I don't think I could quote it perfectly, but mm-hmm. I loved, is when she said, sports are stupid. I just No offense. Like, I just think that sports are stupid, and anyone who likes them is just, like, a lesser person and has a small intellect. I love that because so often I feel it's the opposite, right? Like Mm -hmm. the men who watch sports think they're better than women who know nothing about sports or it's like women who do watch sports. It's a little pick me girl type of a thing. So I just loved her so blatantly saying that. 
I believe the next question is about a meet-cute. Yes, it is. Which, there's not a meet-cute in this movie. No. They meet in, like, a pretty conventional way. Mm-hmm. Very conventional for a rom-com. Yeah. And okay. half an hour into the movie. Yeah. Which was something that I was like, that is fine for a movie. Mm-hmm. I personally don't love. I would really? like, I prefer it when my meet-cute happens in the first ten minutes. Oh. Is the way I prefer my rom-com okay. structure. You're like, let's get started. Mm-hmm. Let's move. Yeah, because I actually, like, paused the movie. I was like, because I wanted to write down how long has it been and we still haven't met him. Mm-hmm. And, Yeah. It takes a minute. It takes a minute. It takes a minute. For me, I feel like it flies by. Like, it feels mm-hmm. like, oh, we're, like, barely in and we've met him already. Yeah. Um, It's a long movie. Yeah. That's part of it, but also, I just am enjoying the movie the whole time. Like, I just mm-hmm. love this movie mm-hmm. the whole way through. There's, well, we'll get to it. There's a moment I hate and would find a way to cut and do something else. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they meet in a pretty normal way, I guess. They meet in a way that's, like cute though like oh it's yeah. fun if that's like a fun like fantasy how you could meet someone mm-hmm. right? yeah like if that was how i had met my significant other i mm-hmm. would be like let me tell this let story tell to this story every... Every... I met my hot doctor boyfriend like like yeah yeah but it doesn't follow the rules of a rom-com meet cute yes next question mm-hmm. i'm ready this is gonna. We're gonna talk about this for a minute. We're yeah. gonna be here for a hot minute. I would say that tropes transition very nicely from the meet cute, where it's like that is a cute way to meet somebody, but it doesn't necessarily follow the rules that have been set by rom coms. Correct. There are a lot of things that I'm like, well, technically, that is the trope, mm-hmm. but it feels different in this movie. Yeah. So let's let's talk about tropes for a minute. Yeah. Okay? Tropes signal to the audience what they are watching. Mm-hmm. We like rom-coms because they're comfortable. They're familiar. They like mm-hmm. you know what you're getting. You know what you signed up for and they give you what you signed up for. Yeah. Generally speaking. If a rom-com ends and like they're not together, it's kind of like that wasn't a rom-com. That wasn't a rom-com. <laughs> yeah, that's not what this is. So, well, it is like if we go back to Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. Um it's only considered a comedy mm-hmm. if they end up together in the end. Ah. Uh, yeah. So there's, so, like, these rules that we have yeah. of what makes it what. But the tropes are how we know what we're watching, especially mm-hmm. with a rom-com, right? Yep. So we see that she works at a magazine as her job, and we're like, okay, I recognize this. I am always a journalist. familiar with this. We are definitely watching a rom-com. I know what to expect here. There's a safety in tropes. Mm-hmm. They can be used against the genre a lot. Like, when people have discussions about Mm rom-coms the tropes are used against rom-coms oh absolutely constantly right we're like oh it's laziness it's weak they just use the same thing over and over it's not very Mm -hmm. creative Mm -hmm. movies that subvert the tropes right that like flip these on their head Mm -hmm. could be seen as making fun of the genre by doing so yeah right there's a movie called they came together starring amy poehler and paul rudd Mm -hmm. that is like a parody of a Mm rom-com that's what it is they do all the tropes and they're making fun of rom-coms yeah but this movie subverts the tropes, but it's in a way of saying, like, this, yeah, we're a rom-com. We're, like, a new rom-com. It's like yeah. the Amy Poehler from Mean Girls, like, the, I'm not a regular mom, I'm, I'm a, a cool, cool mom. mom. Yeah. Well, yeah. And as someone who, like, wrote a rom-com player or two mm-hmm. in college, so often I would just use the tropes and I wouldn't change mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And whenever I just used the tropes, I got praise for being satirical. Ah. Uh... You're like, no. And I'm like, I just 
writing a rom-com, actually. Writing a rom-com. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel like in the modern rom-com landscape, mm-hmm. if you don't subvert the trope in some way, it automatically feels like you're making fun of the mm-hmm. genre because of the way that the public feels about it. Yes, absolutely. I think that what works about this movie is that it feels like a true-to-form rom-com of, like, the 90s and to 2010 era, mm-hmm. which is what I love. And when I say I want more rom-coms, I want them to feel like that. I want yeah. them to feel like The Proposal or, like, I don't want them to be, like, The Backup Plan by J-Lo, but that's <laughs> one that sticks in my brain of, yep. like, that's that was, like, part of the end, really. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily a good rom-com, but it was a true-to-form rom-com of that era mm-hmm. you know i want them to feel like that and kind of look like that and have that kind of budget that kind of casting but i want them to be better stories yeah but not too crazy of a story like i don't need it to be serious like i don't need to have all of like the big crazy stuff but i want it to be more real like this movie is so mm-hmm. the use of tropes here it makes it feel like a true rom-com right yeah it's got the feeling like that it has the conventions it's it really in new mm-hmm. york city the plot elements are a lot more modern, right? Yeah, like, yeah. we have more... It's a long movie. These characters are real characters, right? We know her sister. We mm-hmm. know her dad. We we even know Nikki, her co-worker. Like, we know <laughs> yeah. enough about Nikki, yeah. right? Even her weird guy co-workers, John Glazer and Randall Park. Mm-hmm. Again, comedy guys. Everyone's mm-hmm. a comedy person. They know what they're doing here. Yep. Which, actually, a lot of the, like, subtle trope stuff... Mm-hmm are the same tropes we saw in When in Rome. Mm-hmm. The dad that dates younger mm-hmm. women. The weird Does quirky... Does dad date younger women in this? Oh, no, he but he women. says yeah, yeah, yeah. at the beginning... He, I like, love that opening sequence of well, yeah, listing I, types of dolls. <laughs> I do, too. Women. It's very funny. But we have the younger, mm-hmm. more stable little sister. Mm-hmm. We have the quirky co-worker. Mm-hmm. And those are all things that I took issue with in When yeah. in Rome. And I was like, this is how you do that trope yes. in Trainwreck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say that, like, if we're going to compare, we're totally, we're comparing when in Roman Trainwreck. They're very different movies. Very different (laughs) movies, but that is true, what Mm -hmm. you just said. It's interesting because in when in Rome, the Mm -hmm. actress that plays the quirky coworker friend is Kate McCucci, who's Mm -hmm. a really, really talented comic actress, comedian, Mm -hmm. performer, entertainer. Like, she's really good. But it didn't work for me in when in Rome. I think that you kind of liked it. I liked it. But I liked the things that were her choices. I yeah, feel like yeah. we talk about you talked about the Judd Apatow of it all and mm-hmm. how these actors had freedom, mm-hmm. and I think that that's what makes the coworker character strong in this one mm-hmm. is that I know that person. Yeah, with the Kate McCucci character in When in Rome, you don't know that you don't person get much. Yeah. yeah. So the other tropes we see in this, we've got the aversion to love. Mm-hmm. Which is, this is interesting. We see the aversion to love from female characters a lot. We've, mm-hmm. I think the last one, too, had it. Yeah. Um, my Big Fat Greek Wedding didn't, but well, oddly... It kind of... It did, but not really. She yeah. wasn't, like, scared of commitment. No, she just didn't necessarily want to get married. Yes, exactly. It wasn't yeah. her goal. But yeah. we see... This is interesting to me. We see the aversion to love, mm-hmm. right? We don't see it this way, mm-hmm. normally. In this, she's having sex, and she's dating, and she's doing what she wants to do, but she's not interested in a relationship. Mm-hmm. We see this in male characters normally. Like, Yeah. What's weird, though, is I was trying to think of movies where this is the case. I couldn't come up with examples other than what's your number and how to be single. Mm-hmm. But I think we mostly just see this in real life. This is like a stereotype of men versus women. Yeah. Well, the thing I liked about this is mm-hmm. 
like, What's Your Number is a great example of someone who's, like, slept with a lot of men, Mm -hmm. but that character's feeling shame about that. Mm -hmm. What I love about the portrayal of Mm -hmm. her sleeping around in this movie is she's, like, Mm -hmm. fine with it, and she's not judged necessarily. Yeah, there's no slut shaming. Yeah. Yeah. Which I loved. It's done in a certain way, too. That opening Mm -hmm. montage, um, it's done with her saying goodbye to the guys, like, at the door. It was pitched at one point that it would be, like, a bunch of guys in bed with her. Mm -hmm. Um, And Amy Schumer was like, no, that's gonna make her seem, like, slutty or whatever. Mm -hmm. There was a... It was an intentional choice to do it the way that it was done, and I think it was important. Um, But with this aversion to love thing, normally what we see is... She comes home after, like, a hard, long day at her, like, workaholic job. Mm -hmm. She has a microwave meal for one and a glass (laughs) of red wine. She curls up on the couch, and she's like, I'm just so satisfied with my quiet life of solitude. Like, this is great. Mm -hmm. It's a different thing that we see. Yeah. Um, The, so that's one of the ways we're, like, subverting a trope. And then we have, Mm -hmm. like, the, the guy has, like, a best friend that he goes to for advice. Mm -hmm. Normally it's bad advice. This time it's, like, actually pretty good advice. And the best friend is LeBron James. And also we do, like, the basketball advice scene that we already touched on, but Mm -hmm. that happens all the time. They do the basketball scene. Yep. And, of course, (laughs) it's just so clever. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Amy Schumer wrote the role for LeBron James, like, very detailed, like, down to, like, the Tom Ford suits that he was going to wear. Yeah. So that she could, like, really convince him to do it. And he did it. Thank goodness. He's so great in it. He is... I love LeBron James. I don't care about basketball at all. No. This movie makes me love LeBron James. Oh, yeah. I, I, he's a really good dude, from what I gather. Yeah. Um, I also, the, another just iconic LeBron James moment mm-hmm. that I um, should have brought up during iconic quotes is, Cleveland's great for the whole family. Do you know Cleveland's great for the whole family? Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. You tell me that all the time. You randomly just text me that. No, what's wrong with that? weird. It's weird. I got free texting thing that's like this movie just is funny the whole way through for Mm -hmm. me like and everyone gets to be funny Mm -hmm. everyone gets a laugh yeah she gets she gets to be really funny a lot of times in rom-coms it's like the guy is funnier than the girl Mm -hmm. she has to like play the straight man we saw that in when in rome right or the guy and the girl aren't funny the two of them and it's it's all the circumstances around them exactly yeah um the sister with a different lifestyle Flashback mm-hmm. to a wedding scene. We see that a lot in rom-coms. In yep. this, we get flashback to anti-monogamy talk from uh-huh. Dad. That's how we start the movie. Like, we start this movie and immediately know what the problem is that this mm-hmm. character is going to be battling. Um, yeah. The big job, like, the big assignment, classic, mm-hmm. especially in these quirky job um, magazine columnist things. Mm-hmm. So, here's... I did love that this is another, like... Oh, we're subverting the trope while doing the trope. Yeah. Of her being a journalist at a magazine. Mm -hmm. It's not Cosmo. Like... Yeah, it's It's snuff. snuff. I have a list for you. Love to hear it. This job is, like, so common in Mm rom-coms. All of these movies have a main character who has worked at either a magazine or a newspaper, right? Okay, let's go. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, My Best Friend's Wedding, Never Been Kissed, The Devil Wears Prada, The Bounty Hunter, Confessions of a Shopaholic, Definitely Maybe, Friends with Benefits, Hitch, The Holiday, Sleepless in Seattle, 13 Going on 30, 27 Dresses, When Harry Met Sally. I think that was 14 movies. The Devil Wears Prada, like, maybe not necessarily, like, a rom-com. Um, a lot of these you could, like, whatever. I would also make the argument that her working in a magazine matters to The Devil Wears Prada. 
Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, we don't most, even get into Most yeah. of these other movies, though, it's like, uh, quick, give her a job. Yeah. <laughs> what do girls do for work? It's like, oh, well, they probably work at those women's magazines. What else could they do? You well, know? men aren't doing that. Yeah. Um, we have the watching a rom-com within a rom-com, which I guess is a trope, but I didn't realize was really a trope, but they mm-hmm. do it in Friends with Benefits, they do it in When Harry Met Sally, um, the big grand apology at the end of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, which is interesting. It's like a big grand apology at a sports venue, uh-huh. which happens in Fever Pitch. Um, I think that, oh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days has like a big basketball moment. Uh-huh. What's Your Number has an arena moment. Uh-huh. Weird that that's a trope. It, I was you thinking. sports venue? Yeah. So, because we were talking about, with When in Rome, the appearance of Shaq. And yes. in this, we have LeBron James, and we nodded to this being, like, a really well-done version well done. of the mm-hmm. sp- athlete. I was athlete, like, the sports yeah. player <laughs> um, of the athlete appearing. But then I was thinking about it, and it happens fairly often in, in rom-coms. rom-coms. And it almost feels like, oh, we need to give a girl a way to convince her boyfriend to go yeah, see the movie with for her. Sure, for sure. I see a lot of, like, advertising or, like, in mm-hmm. interviews for rom-coms. Not so much now, because there's not as many rom-coms. Yeah. But you'll see a lot of, like, oh, this is a great date movie because mm-hmm. it has this for her and it has this for him. Yeah. Um, which is, like, okay. Okay, whatever. I just, I don't care. I'm, yeah. Like, if I, I just want to see what I want to see. I don't need you to, like, throw a bone to the guys involved and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. The Friend Obsessed with the Love Life, Vanessa Bayer is on, like, She's great in this. She's on the same page as Amy with, like, her approach to, like, dating and, like, guys, which is really fun to just have them be, like, on the same page. Yeah, I... The scene of them on the phone with Aaron is so funny. That's another iconic moment, I think. I think you butt-dialed me. No, no, I, I, I dialed you with my fingers. What's she saying? What's she saying? Shh. He called me on purpose. Hang up. He's obviously, like, sick or something. Please. Um, yeah, what's up? I was calling to say I had a really good time last night. I was wondering if you wanted to, um, hang out again. You know what? I'm going to call the police. What's clever about that scene that I didn't notice until I watched it this time is mm-hmm. we're with Amy and Vanessa, well, mm-hmm. Amy and Nikki, and they're on the phone, and, they're, well, they're talking, and then he, she gets the phone call from him. She answers mm-hmm. it, and then we get to see Aaron and LeBron. And when we see them, then after the phone call, then we stay with them. So it's, mm-hmm. like, a, it's a clever transition. It's, like, a yeah. really smooth transition, which is nice because a lot of rom-com transitions can be really cheesy and, like... You get, like, the swipe across the screen. With the pop music playing. Yeah, they're just kind of lame, but this Mm -hmm. was a really good one. Um, And then that scene with um, LeBron and Aaron is really funny. That's when we Mm -hmm. get the Cleveland jokes. Yep, we get LeBron being a cheapskate, which is hilarious. A very funny element of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I have written in my notes uh four separate times that LeBron James is the best part of this movie. I want LeBron James in more movies. (laughs) I love him in this movie. I don't want him in more movies because I just want him to do the same thing. Okay, yeah, that's... And it would get tired, you know, mm-hmm. but I do, I'm i with you, though. Like, he's great in this. He's really he's funny. He's so funny. This movie has a lot of montages, mm-hmm. which is such a trope of rom-coms, and I feel like this movie does it really well. She points out how dumb they look. Like, in the montage, there's yeah. voiceover, and she's like, look at how stupid we are in the mm-hmm. boat. And then when we have a sad montage, she goes back to the park, and the boat's there again. It's like... It's not subverting the trope. No, it's, it's doing the trope. doing the trope, but because it is a pretty self-aware movie, mm-hmm. and the, it doesn't feel... We're not getting, like, the cheap, cheesy dialogue. We're not mm-hmm. getting cheap, cheesy storylines. 
it feels better. It doesn't feel lame. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's satire. Mm-hmm. It feels like they mean it with these montages, which is odd. Yeah. And but here's here's another moment where I was like, oh, that's just something I don't like in rom-coms, mm. which is voiceover. Because I said it with the my big fat Greek wedding. I was like, I didn't like the voiceover moment. This voiceover, objectively well-written. Yeah. It is good voiceover. Mm-hmm. And I still was like, oh my god, I hate voiceover. Weird. So that's just, yeah, something I learned about myself in rom-coms. I don't have a problem with voiceover, I don't yeah. think. I mean, I can see how it can be considered, like, lazy storytelling. Because mm-hmm. it can be. But it's a necessary evil, I think, mm-hmm. sometimes. Absolutely. Pretty... Yeah. And this was good voiceover. Yeah. Like, the jokes in it are funny. It added. And I still was like, I don't want voiceover here. Yeah. So. I like how this voiceover starts, too. Because she's like, hey, guys. I'm mm-hmm. Amy. That's me. Like. Yeah. It's cute. And it feels good to me. And I think mm-hmm. part of it is that I love Amy. Mm-hmm. That's probably part of it for me. Yeah. Okay. The makeover trope. <laughs> we have a variation of the makeover trope. Yeah. Which is. I hope you agree with me. At the end of the movie, uh-huh. when she changes her life, right? She uh-huh. makes these decisions. I'm going to not drink. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, like... We'll, mm-hmm. We don't know for sure. She's like, I'm going to be sober now. I'm going to go to an AA meeting real quick. But she, like, gets she rid like, of her alcohol. Yeah. Gives it to Dave Attell <laughs> outside. So funny. Which is, like, again, that's another comedian. He's mm-hmm. a superstar comic. Her son is named after him. Like, you know, <laughs> it's one of her good friends and a great comic. Um, But the, the makeover, this is not, like... It's not necessarily subverting the trope because it's doing a different version of the makeover trope, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen this in other movies. Yeah. Where it's the lifestyle makeover. I'm going to mm-hmm. stop drinking. I'm going to, like, improve myself. I'm going to work out. I'm going to mm-hmm. do this. I'm going to stop judging cheerleaders. Yes. <laughs> so it's cool to see it. It's just a different variation of this trope. Uh, I'm going to get my shit together now. Um, but what I liked and I thought was sweet is how... For me, I see it as her being like, uh, regardless of if I win you back, regardless mm-hmm. of if I get you back, I'm not okay with how I was anymore. Like, mm-hmm. regardless of where we go from here, you have changed my life and you've changed me mm-hmm. for the better. And I need to do this regardless of what happens. Okay. Hmm. This is hard. I, let's put this... We're going to talk about this here because yeah. I need to talk about it, and I think yeah. this is a decent place to talk about it. We're going to talk about the sequence where they break up. That ultimately okay. leads to the breakup. This is a long sequence. Mm-hmm. It's several sets and scenes and stuff. Yeah. It starts with her getting ready. How I put this in the trope genre, or mm-hmm. spot in here, is that a lot of times we see, like, the dress moment. Mm-hmm. So I think of, like, the one that I think of is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, where she's wearing the gorgeous dress, and it's, like, a wow moment. Like, Mm -hmm. it knocks the guy's socks off. We have the opposite here, Mm -hmm. where she's wearing the dress already, and he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, is that what you're wearing? This scene is is pretty interesting to me, and I really appreciated it as a viewer. I hadn't spent much time Mm -hmm. thinking about it and analyzing it prior to talking about it today. Mm -hmm. So she is very fragile right now. He is very fragile right now. This scene is very real. Mm-hmm. It's not because it's in a rom-com, but it's very real. This is a real thing that happens, and it's like a situation that I've experienced like in different ways. Mm-hmm. So she's dealing with... She just found out that he wants kids, mm-hmm. so like she's got like red flags of major sign of incompatibility between the two of them, because that's not something she's considered, mm-hmm. it would appear. Which it's interesting to me... 
that that him wanting kids Mm -hmm. is only brought up the one time. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't necessarily bother me. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, it leaves me at the end of the, uh, the end of the movie. I'm like, I think this relationship is going to last, but I still see clear problems with their relationship. Yeah. I just see it as like a, yeah, I think I want kids. And she's like, oh my gosh, I hadn't, like, she just Mm -hmm. hadn't thought about it. Right. Because she has been conditioned to think that monogamy isn't realistic. Mm -hmm. She's been told that love is not possible. Love is not real. Yeah. So in this moment, she's dealing with finding out that there might be a major incompatibility here, but also just something that she hadn't thought about. She never thought about Mm -hmm. a relationship. That's true. She just lost her dad. She's worried about, like, not fitting in in his world. Mm -hmm. Um, She knows that the article about him has been scrapped. Um, He told her that he loves her, and she doesn't have a clue what to do with that. Like, that's totally new for her. Mm -hmm. She's feeling lots of emotions. She's a child, like, really. Like, Mm -hmm. she's not capable of handling these complex feelings and emotions this is all brand new for her he's also fragile he's really nervous about the surgery he has to do for Mm -hmm. again another sports cameo omari stoudemire who also does great he's great and that surgery thing i was like oh how do we know that this is important in in the first Mm -hmm. mention before we even meet aaron connors Mm -hmm. it's mentioned he's doing this cutting edge surgery the first time it's ever going to be done yep is on omari stoudemire which this surgery is another thing where i'm like that objectively doesn't change the quality of the movie at all, but makes me not like it. I do not oh. like watching anything medical. I hated the amount of blood that was in this movie, and it's not much, but it was too much for me. That's funny. I just, like, don't... It doesn't... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it washes a, over me like no big deal. It's something... I think it's gross. hmm And it's yeah. something that does not change the quality of the movie, is, like... Mm-hmm. But just makes me go like personally, yeah. I don't like this movie yeah. as much. Yeah. So he's got his nerves about his surgery. He's nervous about his speech, mm-hmm. um, and he's also starting to see these potential cracks in their relationship. At the mm-hmm. baby shower, he was talking to Tom, played by one of my favorite comedians of all time, Mike Birbiglia. Uh huh. Which, like half the movie, I was like, I know this guy. Why do I know this guy? <laughs> and then halfway through, I was like, Oh, that's who that is. Yeah. So he's kind of scared of like these potential issues. Because he loves her, so, like, he wants it to work, but he knows that, mm-hmm. like, there are some problems. So, then we have the argument, because it starts with him saying, like, is that what you're going to wear? And then she's, like, immediately gets insecure, because mm-hmm. this is the part I hadn't thought about. Like, I hadn't really put it together, but I'm like, oh my gosh, just put yourself in, in mm-hmm. their shoes, either way. Women and appearance, it's sensitive. Mm-hmm. It's also really... I think that for me, too, it's a very sensitive, like, what are you wearing to this event? Mm-hmm. It's even harder when it's, like, an event that someone else is taking you to mm-hmm. or invited you to. You're like, okay, well, what is the attire yeah. there? And men don't get it all because it's like, oh, just wear a suit. So, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Even if you're a little overdressed, like, take off the tie or take off the jacket. Like, mm-hmm. that's no big deal. Women, it's it's different. It's harder. We already know that she's maybe, like, insecure about her body. The cheerleader comments and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing about her body in this movie is insane because, like, I remember this movie coming out and it was like, well, Amy Schumer's bigger. She's, like, a fucking size six. Like, like she's a normal size. She's mm-hmm. actually small. Yeah. Um. So that just makes me angry, but whatever. I don't want to, like, dig into that because mm-hmm. I don't think it's Which, worth the time. Yeah, if we ever cover I Feel Pretty, that'll be more of a conversation yeah. there. So what to wear for women. It can be complicated. Mm-hmm. She's nervous about fitting in in his world, and, like, he normally makes her feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But now he's said something that's, like... has reason to to validate those nerves that she has yeah and validates that insecurity for her and 
he's also given her something that she can put in her back pocket and pull out and use against him later. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is just a me thing. I think that it's pretty common among women, but it's like, oh, I keep track of the things to put yeah. in my pocket for later to use as ammunition to blow something up later. Mm-hmm. So, like, later she can be like, well, remember the dress thing? Like, we don't work mm-hmm. We don't work in each other's worlds. That's mm-hmm. part of, that's proof, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so she's got that. Um Interestingly, as soon as she throws it back at him it, within the scene, she says, like, let me just go into my gown closet, right? Yeah. He retracts immediately. They're not evenly matched, right? Like, yeah. he knows that he can't fix this or win this fight. She's rough. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a, I don't want to say she's difficult, but she's, like, a tough person. Mm-hmm. I think I, I feel comfortable saying that as a fellow tough person, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, he takes a gentle swing. She returns a punch. Like, yeah. she's like, oh, okay, boom. Like, she doesn't know how mm-hmm. to tread lightly. Yeah. Um, and then he immediately retracts. He's like, forget about it. I know nothing about fashion. You look crazy hot. As they go to the event, she's uncomfortable. As he's, like, shaking mm-hmm. hands with people, she's like, I feel underdressed, blah, blah, blah. Which, mm-hmm. there's something I love about the costuming choice here. Hmm. Is that she does not look out of place. No. No, she doesn't. Uh, but I can understand yeah. why, like, yeah. obviously mm-hmm. it didn't matter what she was wearing. She was going to feel that way because he said that. Yes. But because of the dress that they chose, you have the ability for mm-hmm. her to, like, think that it's the cleavage's fault. Mm-hmm. And so even though it's a dress that totally fits in there, mm-hmm. it was just a perfect costuming yeah. choice on what that dress was. Yeah. Um, then at the event, he points out her drinking the wine, even though it's, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a luncheon or whatever. That's another thing. Back pocket, mm-hmm. this is more ammunition that I need so that mm-hmm. I can blow this up easily later. Mm-hmm. This is, like, just whatever, I'll take it, that's fine. This is where I'm like, okay, this feels like a real conflict. Because the speech happens, and she leaves the phone call, blah, mm-hmm. blah, So it's like, he needs her for this, but she is worried about her job. This is a legitimate conflict. Oh, yeah. I understand why she did what she did. I understand why he's upset. Mm-hmm. This whole thing makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then they have their fight. Right? And she's she doesn't know how to fight. Right? She's like, I'm leaving. And he's like, we're just fighting. This is how this works. She's like, no, no, we're not going to talk for a while. I know how this works. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, we're just having a fight. Which... What is this, This is, again, another... Not a trope, but you see it. Yeah, I was trying to figure out where I've seen this before. Because I feel like I've seen it at least once. Where it's Mm -hmm. like, no, this is just... I know how this works. This is what we do. And the other person is, like, teaching how to have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Which... The one I can think of mm-hmm. is Nick Miller in New Girl. Mm. But that's not a movie. It's not, but that's a... But it's the exact same yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the other thing. He's, she's like, what are you doing? Why are you with me? What do you want? And he mm-hmm. says, I love you. And she's like, why do you keep saying that? <laughs> she does not believe that love is possible, and it's because of her father. Mm-hmm. Her father has totally fucked her up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yet she still loves him. And us mm-hmm. as an audience, like, I still like her dad. Like, I hate him, but mm-hmm. I like him. It's so complicated. And that's what's more real about this movie is that there are flawed, complicated characters yes. that aren't easy to put in boxes, right? Yes. So what's weird to me here is that he's taught her that love is not possible and she's, like, believed him, her mm-hmm. dad. But it's weird because she likely saw the hurt that he caused her mother and somehow she doesn't really seem to resent him for it, and she takes his side mm-hmm. in it. And I think part of that is Kim. Kim mm. is a flawed character as well. Mm-hmm. Because Kim has taken the extreme with mm-hmm. dad of, like, no. 
So Amy can't, Amy doesn't get any room to be upset with dad because mm-hmm. Kim has taken all of that space. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it feels very much like Kim is team mom and Amy's team dad. Yes. Which I don't think is like, it's, I feel bad for like the Schumer family mm-hmm. because this is based in reality, but it's really like, this isn't. This isn't a biopic. No. This isn't a documentary. Yeah. Amy's dad is still alive, and, like, they have a really good relationship. I believe that mom is still alive, too, and mm-hmm. they're good. Like, it's all good with yeah. the Schumer family, but it's complicated. So, this whole fight, they're talking about all this stuff. One of my favorite moments in this is how there's still a moment of comedy. They keep fighting. They go home. He's like, don't go to bed angry, which I hate that advice. I've always hated that. But she makes the fight bigger. She's, like, bringing more things into it, and this is that. I'm going to just blow this up. Fine. We're going to do this. We're going to do this big. Yeah. I'm taking it all out. We're going to blow this up. I'm freaking out. And she says, one of my favorite lines from the movie, I think, is, I have a lot of thoughts, and I'm thinking very clearly right now. <laughs> it's, like, the middle of the night. You know, it's ridiculous. Yep. Um, then they come back, like, he goes and does the surgery, but he can't do the surgery, mm-hmm. and he gets home, and she's just, like, been watching TV and smoking pot all day, so, like, okay, here we go, he's mad, but he has to be cool, because if he goes even a little bit, she'll just escalate, mm-hmm. so he says very calmly, you know, it does bother me that you smoke pot and you drink a lot, I do care that you've been with a lot of guys, it makes me feel unsafe. He's being very genuine and very mm-hmm. vulnerable, saying, this is mm-hmm. how I feel, and this is why, and she just goes... All right, we're done. Like, she's like, she can't have a conversation. Yep. She's not capable. She is so eager to throw in the towel and just call it because it's too scary for her. Mm-hmm. Unwilling to change, right? And then, like, probably, this I probably, I would say is probably the most heartbreaking part is when she says, it doesn't matter anyway, the article is canceled, so it doesn't matter. When she does that, it minimizes their whole relationship, and I think that that's what really hurts him. More than anything else, more than her inability to communicate, that's what hurts him, Mm -hmm. because it's minimizing it completely. Like, well, it doesn't matter, because it's really just about the article, so who cares? Which we know is not true, she knows it's not true, he knows it's not true, Mm -hmm. but she still said it. Yep. You can't unsay that. And then she says, um, that the boss or the article says, like, he's just too boring, which, mm-hmm. again, it's like, well, put yourself in his shoes. Even if you're, like, a very emotionally healthy person, you can mm-hmm. separate, like, oh, the article is too boring. Or, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm too boring in the article. She's, she isn't saying that I'm too boring. You can't separate that. That still feels like you're, boring. you're too boring. Yeah. Um, which is just such a brutal thing to say. That whole sequence feels like... Maybe my clearest argument of, like, why this is a better rom-com than your average rom-com, because mm-hmm. this all feels pretty real. Pretty mm-hmm. painful and pretty real. Um, and, of course, I got there by using the dress trope <laughs> to, yep. to lead me into this this argument yeah. and this breakdown. And it, it makes sense. It's That argument is... It's brutal. Ultimately, he comes back around. She has to mm-hmm. do some work, but, like comes back around and he's someone that stays where she's like Mm -hmm. she's maybe an explosive person and explosive people can be hard to have relationships with of any kind Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. having an example of like this is an explosive person just because it's hard to have a relationship with them doesn't mean it's not worth it and that they don't deserve to like have you put effort in to help them and for them they need to put the effort in too but like Mm -hmm. just because she's difficult, mm-hmm. I'm using air quotes here, difficult, yeah. doesn't mean it's not worth the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
I love that it's very clear to me that even though they break up, he didn't stop loving her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a strength of that breakup. Yeah. Ready for the next one? That yeah. took me a minute, but here we go. How is the chemistry? What do you think? I think that they have really, really great comedic chemistry. Mm-hmm. And their romantic chemistry works. Yes. But it wouldn't be one where I would be like, this is the best romantic chemistry I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like, it's not, not... It's not that. It's not the kind of chemistry where you're like, oh my gosh, these people are so great together, I want more movies with the two of them together, which mm-hmm. we see happen a lot in Hollywood. Like, yeah. Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling have done some yeah. movies together. Yeah. Because they have that big chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great chemistry. I think it's pretty natural chemistry. Mm-hmm. It feels almost like they're just really good friends. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I like because it's a different type of chemistry than your traditional, like, what they want in the rom-com chemistry. It's Mm -hmm. not the electric, like, big chemistry. It's more real, I think, to, like, actual relationships. Mm -hmm. Particularly, like, longer relationships. It feels like they've just, like, they've been together. Mm -hmm. Um, But we know, we can use her sister's pregnancy as a timeline. The whole movie is, like, approximately nine months, maybe. Maybe a little bit less, because there's no baby by the end of it. But, like, I think we're, like nearing the end like Mm -hmm. baby's coming soon um bill Hader was a unique choice right i i like the choice of bill Hader. Mm -hmm. uh i think that i do too i think that he plays nerdy confidence really well yeah Uh uh-huh which i think often comes off as cockiness yes um but it didn't in this movie and i Mm -hmm. think that that's because it's bill Hader. where else have we seen this story We've seen the reverse of this story. Yeah. But we haven't. Like, normally when we see the guy that's just, like, mm-hmm. sleeping around and doesn't want to settle down, it's, like, the first guy that the girl dates, and mm-hmm. then she breaks up with him. And the exposition then boyfriend. the rom-com starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the exposition boyfriend. Um, so it's different. Where we've seen the story is her real life, like mm-hmm. like we talked about. Um, her breakup with the John Cena, Stephen, yeah. is based on, like, a real story where she was high during a breakup, and she asked, <laughs> can I leave? <laughs> Which, so funny. Her asking to leave, mm-hmm. I think, is the best part of the entire John Cena plotline. I like when he says, I look like Mark Wahlberg ate Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> okay, that's also like funny. I like John Cena, but I think he's pretty good in this. I think he's the right choice for that character. Like, yeah. I was trying to think of other actors that could play that role, which we'll get to later. I could be wrong, but I think that the one I read the trivia, that it mm-hmm. was Jack Whitehall was considered for that role. I could be wrong, but I swear that's what it said. And I remember being like, no, I must be wrong here. Um, hmm. Weird. Yeah. So the I like the that breakup, though, because it's kind of like a gender flip. Like, mm-hmm. John Cena is upset by the breakup and, like, wanted uh-huh. to marry her. It's really, it's funny. It's clever. That feels, that is, like, satire. Like, that yeah. is subverting the trope and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's interesting. I think that an example I can point to of, like, where we've seen this story mm-hmm. and what we're flipping would be Bridesmaids. Okay, yeah. Her, Kristen Wiig and John Hamm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want a relationship, and she's, like, totally trying to force it with him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what we're seeing here. We're like, Amy, at the beginning, they have that great exchange. He asks her after the surgery, he's like, do you want to grab let's dinner? Just, and she's like, let's just be a professional. Okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. I think we really like each other, and we should start dating. No, I'm I'm saying, 
I'm confused. I, am I not communicating this right? Like, I, I No, I hear you. I'm just saying I disagree. Do you like me? Yeah. Yeah, see, I really like you. So we should be a couple. <laughs> no, no. I, I have pl plans. What are your plans? Dentist. Is that true? No. Their dynamic is very, very much feels like she has the upper hand. Like, she's writing the story about him. Mm -hmm. He's, like, teaching her about his world so that she can write the story. But she has the upper hand, mm -hmm. it feels like. And in terms of confidence and with the relationship, like, when they go, leave the bar and go to his apartment, mm -hmm. she's in control. And he's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? Yeah. Um, so that part when he's like, no, I think we should start dating now. He's uh -huh. like, it's not a question. He's just like, no, this is what's going to happen because I really like, like you and I think you like me. Yeah. He's in control for that moment. Um, and she's totally caught off guard and it's really, I like it. I think it's cute. Is it funny? Yeah. Yeah. I laugh the whole way through this movie. It's similar to my Big Fat Greek Wedding where I'm mm -hmm. like, I can't point to that much. What's interesting is that Amy Schumer wrote it amy mm -hmm. schumer has done sketch comedy but she's i think of her mostly as a stand-up mm -hmm. and so this movie is written differently there's not like gags yeah right it's more like it's the dialogue that's funny yeah which might be part of why i love it so much i love stand-up and mm -hmm. so we're it's the words that are doing the work of carrying the comedy rather which i than prefer like dumb gags mm -hmm. i think it takes more skill to do this than to do a dumb gag yeah i mean some could make an argument there but i think so um I love the, the dad describing the dolls, like I've said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what about a doll? Yeah. yeah. What about a slightly overweight cocktail waitress doll? Yeah. Yeah. What about a doll who happens to be best friends with your main doll? Yeah. yeah. It could happen, right? Yeah. What about a doll you only play with one day and never see again? Yeah. So demeaning, but so yeah. great. Um, LeBron James being cheap is a Cleveland thing. <laughs> The basketball scene, like, LeBron mm -hmm. James, every time he's on screen, it's funny. I liked the one, too, where he did the intervention. Oh, he gets yeah. a great, like, one-liner at the end that's, like, a classic, like, dumb one-liner, but mm -hmm. it's funny because it's LeBron. Yeah. Where Matthew Broderick says, you said he would look at my hip, and he says, yeah, but it would have gone better. Like, mm -hmm. it's a great, it's a dumb joke. If anyone else does that joke, it's not funny. Yeah. But LeBron does it, it's funny because it's so weird i think part of why lebron is so funny mm -hmm. is because we don't expect him to be yeah. able to do it yeah and he does it well that the mm -hmm. intervention scene is um this was when it came up that i was watching it with my mm -hmm. mom my mom was losing it she was laughing so hard at the sports announcer character really and it was a joke that i was like i don't think that's don't think that, that's that funny. funny yeah she thought it was so funny. That's cute. Well, I'm glad yeah. that Susie got something out of this. She actually got a lot out of this. Okay. Um, she's a third grade teacher. Uh-huh. Uh, the... Is she going to show the this stepson? in school? Yeah. No. <laughs> but the... the Alistair. Alistair. He's a funny actor. Uh -huh. That kid is good. She said, it's like I'm watching my students. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite Alistair moment is the very beginning when he is talking to Amy about space. He's like, and they blah, 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 but I'm so excited to see if they figure it out. It's the way that he says it and the yeah. excitement. It's yeah. really good. It's really mm -hmm. funny. There's yeah. so many jokes. One of the things, like, early in the movie, it's like, it's bits rather than gags. When Randall Park and John Glazer are, like, throwing out headlines, <laughs> he says, um, you're not gay, she's just boring. And then it comes up again later in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. When does that happen? It's, um... Totally the boss it. is saying, which of these ideas should oh. we scrap? And it's two things we hadn't heard before. And then mm -hmm. that title again. Gotcha. Yeah. Which, again, I didn't say this. We talked about that whole sequence. When her boss calls her, I'm like, yeah, this feels real. And then I was thinking about it. I'm like, 
her boss called her to ask which of these articles should we scrap. Amy's a writer. Why would she be involved? Like, I don't get why Amy's who she would call for that. So, I think it's because she's trying... The boss keeps saying that she's trying to promote her, but I also feel like the boss doesn't like her. It's Um, really weird. That's a trope, the mean boss. The mean boss. It's really cool to see Tilda Swinton in that role. Uh-huh. Um, I read that Judd Apatow just like called her up and was like, "Hey, want to do this?" And she's like, "Yes, I've been wanting to do one of your movies. Great!" Uh-huh. And then she had like full control over her character, like the styling and the way she mm-hmm. talks, like the whole thing, which is really. Which funny. I actually, as far as, I don't like the mean boss trope. I think neither it, do I. I, think I it's never dumb. think it quite lands the way that they want it to. Yeah. But I liked it better in this one. Yeah, me too. In When in Rome, it was, like, the worst version of it. Uh The Devil Wears Prada is, like, the best version of Mm -hmm. it. This was a good version of it. I really Mm -hmm. liked it. I thought that it was funny, and it felt like... It's because they were in on the joke. They were subverting Mm -hmm. the trope, right? Yeah. Like, that was intentional. Um, uh, One of the other lines that's funny and happens early is when the dad and his friend are talking about Babe Ruth, and he says (laughs) it's easy to be a superhero... When you've never played against a black man your whole life. Mm -hmm. I love that because it lets you know quickly, too. You're like, we're going to have some edgy stuff in here. Mm -hmm. This is edgy. It is early enough in the movie, too, that that tone Mm -hmm. is exactly the dad's tone the Mm -hmm. entire movie. And it's impressive that they're able to have one joke early Mm -hmm. that lets you know exactly who that character is. The dad is... I I wish I had done some more, like, work on, like, breaking down the dad and, like, Mm -hmm. analyzing his relationship with Amy because... There, it's a sturdy relationship in that she loves him, she wants to take care of him, mm-hmm. but it's really flawed, and he's totally messed her up, and she doesn't really acknowledge that or realize mm-hmm. that, maybe. But then at the end, like, it's really heartbreaking when mm-hmm. he's like, oh, Aaron's not going to last because I know your pattern or whatever, I know mm-hmm. your M.O., and she's really hurt by that, and she's like, come on, Dad, like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, and then her dad dies, and she doesn't get to have, like, any sort of reconciliation of that. Mm-hmm. She seems pretty, like, she's sad about her dad dying, but that doesn't seem to be part of her problem of, like, we weren't on good terms when he died. Like, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, we're always kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest strength and biggest weakness. Thoughts? It's going to come as no shock when I say that I think LeBron James is the greatest strength of this movie. He is, yeah, he's one of them. <laughs> I, I said the biggest strength is just that it's, it is funny. Mm-hmm. And it, he's part of that. Yeah. yeah. It's a new take on the rom-com. It's got mm-hmm. the comfort of the tropes and the formula of a rom-com, but it has a more real story, a different version of these, like, standard mm-hmm. problems of, like, work-life balance. Yeah. And it's actually really funny. Yeah. I can't think of a single character in this movie that isn't funny. The biggest weakness. Amy Schumer's an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. And it's raunchy, so that's hard for people. At the time, Amy Schumer was totally in. Mm -hmm. She was in public favor, right? Yeah. Everything that I didn't like about this movie Mm -hmm. are things that I'm like, yeah, I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. Nothing about this movie, I'm like, that is... Objectively. Objectively. Mm. (sighs) I think I could point to, like, the biggest weakness that's like... A, an example of mm-hmm. a weakness rather than, like, a element. Like, Amy Schumer is an acquired taste. Yeah. It's an element. The biggest weakness that's, like, that was bad, the intern yes. hookup thing. Yeah. I hated yeah. that. I hated I, that. I it, knew, like... It was unnecessary, too. Yeah. Like, we needed her to go back into her old ways and mm-hmm. for it to, like, show her that this isn't what you mm-hmm. should do anymore. 
but also we needed her to get out of her job, uh-huh. so that's, like, the way to do it, and I, I get it, I, I understand why that's what they did, but I don't care, I just didn't like it, it made me so uncomfortable. Yeah, it made me, yeah. It's the worst part of the movie. It is. Yeah. There's also quite a few jokes that I just, like, I personally don't think this joke is funny, mm. where it's, it happens with the John Cena character and the John Glazer character of them being, like, subtly gay and that being a punchline. Oh. Like, I just don't, I just yeah. really don't think that's funny. <laughs> I thought the John Cena one was funny because it was, like, it felt like he was, it was a mistake. <laughs> it was, I don't know why that one totally worked for me. Cause it's like, the John Cena one is definitely ridiculous. better than the John Glazer one. Yeah. Is the casting good? Who could make it better? Thoughts? Anything? Okay. Who else? Like, the role is Amy Schumer. Yeah. No one else could play that role. No one else can no. play Amy Schumer. No. Of course not. Um, Jennifer Lawrence could have done it. She could have. It would be a different movie. I don't mm-hmm. want that. I want Amy mm-hmm. Schumer doing it. But Jennifer Lawrence is capable of this type of role. Yes. I'd love to see her do it. I'd love to see a Jennifer Lawrence true-to-form rom-com. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. That would be fun. I also want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's because, like, the character is named Amy. It's so clearly based in her real life. Mm -hmm. It's so hard for me to, like, separate it out. Yeah. It's very much her comedy, too, Mm -hmm. right? Like, this is her style of comedy. It's kind of an extension of her stand-up, you could Mm -hmm. say. It has to be her, really. Yeah. Okay. Here's the question I ask. How would this movie be different? I love Bill Hader in this role. Mm-hmm. I think he's the right choice for it. He's great. Yeah. How would the movie be different, though, if we had one of our, like, traditional leading men? Ryan Reynolds could have done this role. That would have been fun. That's, yeah. Ryan Reynolds probably would have crushed this. Yeah. How would this movie change if it was someone who had been in People's Sexiest Man Alive? Yeah. I think that a, a thing that happens with, like, the, the rom-com when we have those, like, mm-hmm. conventional leading man guys, the doubts that the girl has is often, like you're too hot, you're, I know your type, it's the mm-hmm. thing that John Cena talks about in their breakup of, like, yeah. everyone says you're just gonna break my heart and, like, hurt me. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we get from the girls when we have that, like, leading man hot guy. Mm-hmm. But in this, her doubts are different. Her doubts are, like, he's too nice for me. He's too good for me. Yes, and okay, we see the cheerleaders, like, not hit on him, but mm-hmm. she does have that fear. Yes. Yeah, she does. I love his thing with the cheerleaders, Mm -hmm. because at no point am I like, oh, he's creepy about the cheerleaders. He's genuinely like, like, they're they're athletes. athletes. This is impressive. Mm -hmm. And that lets you know a lot about his character. Mm -hmm. We probably learn the same amount about Aaron Connors as we do about, like, Ian in My Big Fat Greek Wedding, or Mm -hmm. even Nick in When in Rome. We don't learn a whole lot, but we know him more. We see him with his friends like, Mm -hmm. independent of her, more than we generally see men in these movies, right? Yeah. We know him better, and when he says, like, the the cheerleader thing, his his respect of Mm -hmm. cheerleaders is so, um, cute and such a tell about what kind of guy he is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He respects women. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's so clear. And it's so clear. And I feel like we've seen that a couple times in rom-coms. I know there's some examples mm-hmm. that when we get to them, I'll remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a nice indication without him being like, I'm a feminist. <laughs> Let me tell you about how I'm a feminist. Yeah. It's just like, cheerleaders are athletes. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know how having a... Chris Evans type? Chris Evans type would change this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a very similar movie. Mm-hmm. 
However, we talked a little bit about the way that people talk about Amy Schumer's body. Mm-hmm. I feel that the press around this movie had the leading man, Ben Chris Evans type, would have like, my guess is that it would have been worse. Yeah. It would have been like, yeah. oh, it's so fun to see an average-looking woman get with a hot yeah. man. And that would have made me upset. Yeah. It's just, I mean, anytime you're, like, making a woman's body, like, mm-hmm. part of the whole, like, conversation there, it's yeah. just kind of weird. Yeah. It feels like it minimizes, like, I don't know, when Rebel Wilson did... Um, isn't it romantic? There was mm-hmm. a big thing about this. The first rom com led by a plus size woman. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Um, Queen yeah. Latifah has yeah. led, led rom coms before. She's done a really good job at it. Um, but it, it. The problem wasn't that it wasn't true. The problem was that it's like, why the fuck does it matter? Mm-hmm. Like it does because representation makes a difference for people. It Absolutely really does. But it like it just like. I don't know, it tokenizes it in a way, right? Yeah, the way it's talked about isn't like, yay, we're Mm -hmm. getting representation. It's often talked about like, can you believe that they're having a plus-size woman? Yeah. Which is like, Amy Schumer is not even a plus-size woman. It's just, yeah. Well, yeah, Yeah. there's a whole conversation to be had there about all of that. (laughs) Okay, what movies does it feel similar to? If you liked Blank, you'd like Mm -hmm. this. What do you got? Um, we've talked about what's your number quite a mm-hmm. bit in this, and... It's similar in a way, I, but... It makes me think, like, because it came up so much, perhaps... But it's not But similar. they're not similar movies at all. The way that they're similar is that they're larger budget, larger mm-hmm. scale, romantic comedies. Yeah. And they deal with sex as, like, yeah. a through line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and women who are having sex. Mm-hmm. But in What's Your Number, it's not having sex with, it's weird yeah i love what's your number we're totally going to talk about oh, it i love it too yeah we, we love that one it's not as good but it is mm-hmm. still a fun movie and yeah i think yeah if you liked um train wreck you would probably you might like what's your number mm-hmm. i think if you like what's if you, your number yep you'll definitely mm-hmm. like train wreck mm-hmm. if you like train wreck you might like what's your number yeah but if you liked what's your number because of chris evans and only chris evans you might not like train wreck mm-hmm. so if any of that made sense to anyone yeah it made perfect sense to great, me you know recommendation <laughs> of either or yeah um the movies that i said were similar would be like i feel pretty because it's amy schumer that's that's one on my list um i don't think that snatched is similar at all huh. it's similar in that amy schumer stars in it but that's where it ends mm-hmm. um this is 40 have you seen that one no it's judd apatow um the other ones bridesmaids mm-hmm. and then forgetting sarah marshall Oh, interesting. Uh, kind of similar in a way. I All feel like these... if you really enjoy the Bill Hader character in mm-hmm. Trainwreck, you would definitely like Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. The cultural impact of this movie. I think it's like kind of, it signifies to me the start of like the new age of rom-coms. Mm-hmm. It brought him back a little bit. It brought him back a little bit, but it also was like a false, um, a false sign. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. oh great, we're back. Never mind. It was like a false start, I think, um, for the return of the rom-com. It was also early. Like, I think that the rom-com era kind of, like, that renaissance we talked about Mm -hmm. ended in, like, 2011-ish, maybe? Mm -hmm. Um, And this was only four years later, 2015. So, I think it's... I do think it signifies the start of, like, the new Mm rom-com. 
I think it had a huge influence on Bill Hader's career. That's what I was about to say, yeah. Yeah, I think it made, like, a difference there, and also on Amy Schumer's. Like, after this, Mm -hmm. she did Snatched, she did I Feel Pretty, um, Mm -hmm. both big movies. Yep. Not nearly as successful as this one, not Mm -hmm. nearly as good. I think I Feel Pretty is a decent movie. Yeah. It's no train wreck, and I think it's because she wrote train wreck. It's interesting. We've talked about My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Mm -hmm. When in Rome, and Trainwreck. Mm-hmm. Two of those movies... Yeah, this is my next thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two of those movies are movies written by women mm-hmm. about their own lives. Yeah. One of those movies is not. Yeah. Two of them we We prefer. liked. Yeah. yeah. Two of them I loved and you loved. Yeah. yeah. I've got, we've got different opinions, but we yeah. liked overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot more than the other. Which I think that's mm-hmm. two things. One, women writing stories for women... Maybe a good idea. It's a good idea. Two, when it's based in reality, Mm -hmm. the characters are automatically more fleshed out. Yeah, it's easier. It's, you don't have as many two-dimensional side Mm -hmm. characters because the side characters are based on reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... I'm curious if that trend is going to hold up for us when we do more mm-hmm. movies with a female involved mm-hmm. either directing or writing. I yeah. know that coming down the line at some point we're going to do The Big Sick, which, which is written by Kamel Nanjiani and Emily Gordon. Mm-hmm. We got a woman involved. Judd Apatow also produced that movie. Um, when Harry Met Sally, mm-hmm. we have female involved. Laggies, female involved. Mm-hmm. The Holiday, female involved. Uh-huh. All of those movies are like on my favorite movies list. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, to get into those and kind of mm-hmm. see where it goes. Okay, now let's move into some other topics, some other things I want to touch on before we go to our wrap-up. Yeah. Um, the, the dad. It's kind of, you could say that, like, the moral of the story is that parents have an influence over their kids, and mm-hmm. it could be very dangerous. So, like, mm-hmm. be a good parent. Like, you could totally take yeah. that as, like, the moral of this film. Um. I read a little thing, a guy named Scott Myers wrote on, I don't know what website, but the theme of monogamy in the movie, and he mm-hmm. pointed out, she's monogamous with one man, her father. She's married, yeah, she's married to his words and his influence. Um, so true. She's monogamous Good point, with, Scott Myers. Yeah, she's <laughs> monogamous with the ideas that he's put in her head about uh-huh. monogamy. Yeah. Really interesting, and, like, I, I read that, and I was like, how did I not put that, like, together fully? Mm-hmm. I was kind of annoyed, but I do like that the dad, the dad starts it, and we know, like, okay, this is why we have to, t- t- we have this story. Mm-hmm. It's because of his influence, and we know what the struggle is going to be that she's going to deal with, and mm-hmm. now we're going to watch her move through this. She's either going to grow out and through it, and it'll be great, or she's going to crash and burn. Mm-hmm. Um, if she crashed and burned... Not a rom-com, potentially, right? Yeah, I would um, say that's a tragedy, not yeah. a comedy. So, and then unlike My Big Fat Greek Wedding, this does make that, it posits that without the relationship, she'd still be in the gutter. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about this because this is, that's oddly, like, that's not very feminist, right? But I like that. I like this story mm-hmm. of, like, she needs him. Uh-huh. She needs him. And it's okay to need people. Which, right? do you know how I feel about Brave? The Pixar movie. Yes, I know how you feel about Brave. Would you like to? Do <laughs> I would your like. Brave to, I would like to talk about Brave. Okay, have your moment. I think Brave. there's a big problem with the way that that movie was presented. Mm-hmm. Of like, we finally have a strong princess, and mm-hmm. she's strong because she doesn't fall in love. Mm-hmm. And I think that teaching young girls that falling in love makes mm-hmm. you weak is a Dangerous. huge problem, mm-hmm. and we need to be super careful about that. But like. Yeah. It's so feminist to be single. 
that doesn't make no. sense to me. That doesn't hold up to me. No, that theory doesn't carry water. I think that the ability to love is mm-hmm. like that makes you a stronger person yeah. than the ability to be alone. Correct. Yeah. I think there's such value in being able to be alone. Mm-hmm. But not that's not like the yeah. end of that sentence, you know? Yeah. Like you don't say like there's value in being alone. Period. Like done. Mm-hmm. So everyone should know how to be alone and we should all just be alone. Mm-hmm. And I would make the argument that like in order to successfully be alone, you have to learn how to love yourself. So I would mm-hmm. I would even argue that the ability to be alone is even rooted in love. Yeah. Um Mm-hmm. And then we go into the problem of, in order to love someone else, you have to love yourself, which, which is complicated because then that posits, like, in order to be loved, you must be ready, mm-hmm. so you must be perfectly formed and completely done before mm-hmm. you are you can be loved by someone else, which is insane. Which I also think that being in love is different than having a healthy relationship. Yeah. When she goes to see her sister the first time and they have, like, dad's stuff they're packing mm-hmm. up. I like how she's totally not into talking to Alistair about, like, mm-hmm. his space thing. But then at the end of the movie, she talks to Alistair, and it's really sweet. And you're like, okay, this is a very, like, visible example of, like, uh-huh. we can see the change. Yeah. And he's drawn, like, the Minecraft for, like... And she's, like, genuinely asking him about it. Yeah. And then Aaron is involved, and it's really a sweet moment. I love the moment where she says, well, Aaron's probably not going to come over mm-hmm. that much yeah. anymore. Uh, but you know what? I don't think Aaron's going to be around much anymore. So. Oh. You don't like him anymore. I like him more than anybody. He's my best friend. Then we should have him come over. Yeah. Yeah. We should. That's one of the sweetest <laughs> moments, I think. She says, no, I like him more than anyone. He's my best friend. And Alistair's just going to like... Then we should have him over. Yeah, like, you're kind of stupid, you know? I do often have a problem with, like, the insightful kid mm-hmm. in movies. I don't think it's a rom-com trope as yeah. much as it's just, like, a movie thing. Yeah, I felt like Alistair was a nerdy kid mm-hmm. who stumbled on insightfulness in that one moment. Yes. I also, the grand gesture of mm-hmm. the cheerleader dance, first of all, I think this is the only acceptable way to do a flash mob. Mm-hmm. Like... Usually when I see a flash mob, I'm, like, a little, like, cringy mm-hmm. and, like, kind of embarrassed for everyone involved. But I really liked this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because it was in an empty stadium. Yes. And there were no spectators except mm-hmm. for him. Um, yeah. And because it made sense for that to be mm-hmm. their grand gesture. I think this is the first grand gesture that we've had. Yeah. And that's a major rom-com cornerstone. Yeah. Um, oh yeah it is I what I liked about this too was like this took a this was a big budget mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. um so I like when I get to see the money mm-hmm. on screen for a rom-com um I I feel like I've got a pretty decent eye for like that was expensive mm-hmm. thank you I love the scene with the the dance and everything. Yeah, it's so cute. And I, I also love the basket when mm-hmm. she doesn't make it in. That whole exchange is so cute. She's like, "Did, did I get it? it? Did you get the basket? Did I go in? Oh, of course not. You didn't get enough height. No. No. I thought I got a lot of height. No, no, zero height. No height, huh? Usually, when people hit trampolines, they go high, but for some reason, you went down. They're instantly like back. 
mm-hmm. um, and themselves again. Uh-huh. And then it ends with I love you and I love you too. And then they like make out and roll around and they're like kissing on the jumbotron. And yeah. it's really cute. And I love that you can see the effort in the dance mm-hmm. and the basket. Like yeah. you can see how hard she is working mm-hmm. to make this work. Oh, we didn't talk about this moment when she does the treadmill in the mocap suit. That's really funny. But then when she like passes out almost like she hyperventilates. <laughs> The, the the line where she says, I think this might be one of the reference points, too, um, that she's hungry, and he says, what have you eaten? And she says, I haven't eaten much pot- today. Okay. It, like, basically, like, Lay's potato chips. Like, stopped in Starbucks, had, like, one red velvet, like, yogurt, and, like, two scones, and they were, like, super small. And then just some Chipotle, but that stuff, you know, like, runs through you. We had breakfast, lunch, and a snack. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go get some food. Through this podcast so far, what I'm learning I might find, like, the most attractive in a mm-hmm. rom-com leading man mm-hmm. is the lack of judgment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ready to wrap it up? Yes. Okay. Does it hold up? I don't think it's old enough yet to have mm-hmm. gone out. Yeah. Um, there's jokes that don't work for me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that means it doesn't hold up. Yeah. It's not, like, yeah, time-wise or whatever. Um, yeah, I said the same thing. I said, yeah, it holds up because it's not that old. Mm-hmm. A lot has changed in seven years, though. I oh, absolutely. I think this movie would maybe be made differently if it were made today. Mm-hmm. Um, but my hope is that it wouldn't be. I think that people are a little bit more sensitive with some stuff today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope that doesn't prevent voices like Amy Schumer's where it's like, no... She is making jokes about tough things. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Like, she, it comes from a place of her having experienced it herself, mm-hmm. right? Um, I want to point out that it's seven years, right? So we're like, it hasn't been that long. But the same amount of time passed between Sleepless in Seattle and Legally Blonde as has passed between Trainwreck and Right Now. Interesting. That feels weird, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. So... I, I don't know, that just was, like, messed with my head. I'm uh-huh. like, okay, huh, interesting. Um, would you recommend it? Very similar to answer to what we said mm-hmm. for When in Rome. Yeah. Where it's like, I wouldn't not recommend this movie, but it would have to be to the right person mm-hmm. and have to be in the right circumstance. Yeah. I watched this movie, like, with a friend as they were going through a breakup. We were like, breakup had just happened. We are like, mm-hmm. we just need a movie. And I was like, this is one of my comfort movies. Like, she just wanted yeah. me to put something on. And yeah. she was like, this is one of my favorites. She's like, perfect. I love, And she had seen it, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but this is a raunchy movie. I would not recommend it to your family. Yeah. Which is why it's funny that you guys watched it together. Uh-huh. Um, I would recommend this, like, if you're going to watch a rom-com with, like, a group mm-hmm. of, like, a mixed group of guys and girls or whatever, Mm -hmm. I think this one is a good rom-com for that. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't ever want this to be, like, the first movie I ever recommended to someone. You have to know what people like Mm -hmm. to recommend this to someone, yeah. Um, Would you watch it again? I, if I was, like, in a group and it was decided to be put on, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be, like, I wouldn't leave the room, yeah. I wouldn't, but I don't think that I personally would reach for it to watch it again on my own. Okay. I can guess your answer. Yeah, I watch this at yeah. least once a year. Yeah. I watch this movie all the time. Um, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Overall grade, A threw up. I'm curious your grade on this one. I gave it a C. Fair. 
Fair enough, yeah. Um, For you, yeah. Yeah, it's just not my... It's not It's not my cup of tea. And then I said... I'm looking forward to, like, your A movies. I know. Because I don't think that your A movies will be A's for me. No, they definitely won't be. Yeah. Um, And then I said... Minus points for blood, plus points for LeBron. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Okay. I give this movie an A. Yeah. I love it. It's one of my favorites. I rewatch it all the time. Thanks for listening to Rom Commentary. We'll be back next Wednesday to break down another rom-com. To find out what movie we're talking about next or to share your thoughts on these movies, you can follow us on Instagram at rom.commentary. Special thanks to Megan Hayes for providing our theme music. We'll be back next week with more rom-commentary. 